what you've always got to remember is that within each instance that things don't always go to plan. You can remember what your values are, you know, who you are as a person, what identifies you. Your job doesn't identify you. You know, your career doesn't identify you. You know, the people around you don't identify you. What identifies you is what's in here, which is your heart, you know, your values, your things, the core things that drive you, your beliefs, you know, and as long as you kind of stick with that, through in each and every setback that you go through, you'll always find sort of like a light at the end of the tunnel. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Rach Active Podcast. We're bringing you insightful conversations to help you live an active and inspired life. So make sure you hit subscribe so that you get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. I'm your host, Rachel J, and I'm so excited to welcome my guest to the show today. He's the newest trainer over at the Keep It Cleaner app founded by Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw. He's the bootcamp master trainer there. And if you're in Melbourne, you've probably also seen him at a bunch of other studios like Barry's, United Ride, Tribute Boxing and Strong Pilates. Welcome to the show, Leo Fortune. <laughs> Thank you so much for the welcome. It's, I'm really excited to be here. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on the show. I'm so excited because you know what's so funny? We have both been in the health and fitness space for a while uh, and we know a lot of yeah. common people, but we actually only recently met in person, like not that long ago, which I think is super crazy. Yeah. And we and we work at the same studio, right? That's right. <laughs> That's what's super crazy. Like we both coach out of the same gym, but we have never met there because we're always like or either at different busy. locations or... Yeah. Always busy, yes. Scheduling, things like that. So this is so fun that we get to sit down and chat. And I think anyone who knows you in person or has, has done sessions with you can attest to the fact that you have this amazing energy that just oozes out of you. So oh, I think wow. it's really cool that you get to train all these people across such a wide variety of, of disciplines. So one of the things that I have learned from speaking to so many people in the health and fitness industry is that we've usually gone through something personal, some sort of personal journey that has led us to wanting to help people with their health and fitness journeys, right? So I'm really interested to know what it was for you because you you started in the industry quite young, right? Can you share a little bit about what was going on for you at that time? Yeah, oh wow, thank you. So um yeah, my fitness journey was a bit bit of an interesting one. So I actually started when I was 16. So I taught my first ever um fitness class in when I was 16. It was in a um a leisure center in Cambridge. So that's where I kind of spent um, six years growing up. So yeah, my first class was in a leisure center in Cambridge. It was to 30 people. I was 16. I was super nervous, um, super scary, super scared, sorry. And I just kind of, yeah, I was just really, really this young, energetic um, teenage boy who enjoyed fitness, who enjoyed what fitness had, um, how fitness had changed their life and wanted other people to kind of be inspired by that. Mm. Yeah, and so, so there was probably uh, there was other stuff going on at the time too, right? Your your kind of way into actually even coaching your first class. Tell me a little bit about yeah. what was going on for you as a kid. Yeah, so there's a lot of back a lot of backstory. I guess a lot of people come to my class. We see, you know, 
I guess I'm I'm really high energy and you know I'm always giving the best vibes I'm always trying to lift people up but my background was kind of the opposite to that you know um, I had quite a, a very uh, kind of a really kind of like a sad um, upbringing when I was 13 I lost my mum so my mum passed away um, which was quite unfortunate for me and at the time I really really struggled you know coping with the emotions that just come with death you know a loss of a family member loss of a parent and I really struggled to deal with that so I actually ended up uh, moving into a care home from there wow. um so that that was so that's how I kind of made the jump from London to Cambridge um and from that care home I was also got kicked out of school at the same time and a lot of people kind of just wrote me off you know a lot of people said you know Leo you're not really going to make anything of your life you're not really going to achieve much in your life you're probably just going to you know end up you know just doing nothing and just hearing that kind of feedback from people around me and people that, you know, uh, supposedly cared for me at the time really just kind of dragged me down. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know. It kind of just got me to a place of, you know, actually, I don't want to be defined by what people tell me. I don't want to be defined by um, what society thinks about me and what and how society thinks, you know, I can that I'm going to live my life. I'm actually, I want to make my own imprint on the world and I want to make an own imprint on my life. So from there, things started to click. I started to get my life a bit back together. This was probably around 14, 15. Um, I got into boxing <laughs> and it was actually through boxing. I would, I'd probably say, you know, I know it's really cliche, but I'd say that boxing saved my life. Yeah. Because I started going back to school because of it. I started to get a little bit of an education and I started, you know, doing really well. I had a few competitions um, and, you know, I was offered a place in college and with that place in college, they said, um, you know, this is 16. Hey, Leo, you can actually do your gym instructor course. Um, for me, I was just like, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm not really good at the whole reading and writing things. So I was like, okay, cool. Practical. I can do that. I enjoy fitness. I enjoy how fitness makes me feel. So I kind of went down that route. Um, I was very, very fortunate to have some amazing mentors who kind of, just like looked after me and nurtured me um, through that kind of process of learning how to become a gym instructor at 16. And then from there, I was kind of, yeah, in, just in the college, you know, just teaching classes from there. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Like what a incredible journey. Firstly, I'm so sorry to hear about your mum too, because I can't even imagine what that would be like to go through something like that at such a young age and, um, mm. you know, and uh, along with those other things that were going on in your life as well. But one thing that that I have heard from quite a lot of people is that, you know, fitness and movement has been such a, like you said, a lifesaver or something that they could apply themselves to that really helped them through uh, challenging times like that. So it's um, amazing to hear that boxing for you was that that kind of brought you through that time I know that you've sort of said that you know people have connected with your story what was it about you know have you heard like sort of people that you've coached have they sort of spoken to you about that really connecting with what you've gone through yeah, I guess like for me, coming growing up in East London, so kind of growing up in a rough area, people aren't really given a lot of tools to succeed. So the likelihood of, well, it's a lot better now because um, we've had the Olympics in my area and stuff like that. So the area is a bit more developed, but um, there was 
in my area, there wasn't, yeah, a lot of opportunities to succeed. And most people in that area ended up involved in some criminal activity um, at some stage in their um, in their youth. Mm. So I guess a lot of people could, they saw that I was trying to take a different path in life. And they felt, you know what, if Leo can do it, I can do it too. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I guess, you know, a lot of my messages in my classes is that, you know, it's okay to go through hardships. People can go through hardships, that's fine. But also there's actually a light at the end of the tunnel. You're not just stuck in that dark place. And, a, you know, there's a saying, sometimes you don't know you're on a hole because you're surrounded by the hole. Mm. And that was kind of me growing up. I felt all I didn't really know that I was, you know, in that hole. And it wasn't until people showed me, you know, a way to get out. They gave me a ladder to get out. Um that I was able to see a way out and sort of use my story to inspire others. Mm, yeah, it's so good. And I think one of the things that's great about doing what you do now is that you can look back at those really hard times, right, and, and yeah. go, well, actually, like, there's a positive spin that I can put on what has happened. Like, I can really in- help people, right? Yeah, it is, it's even more so now that I've kind of moved to Australia. I'll kind of get into that story a little bit down the line, but... Even now, so I've kind of moved to Australia. I've, I've gotten a little bit older now. I've actually, especially through the pandemic, through COVID, I've really taken the time to just kind of like, just reflect on like the last, you know, 10, 15 years of my life and just see, you know, that first of all, just the amount of grace that people um, have given to me and also so, some of the things that I've actually um, gone through and, you know, conquered or, you know, still battling through that is you know, I went through that and I'm still breathing because at the time I, I, je- I definitely didn't think that I'd be able to get through it. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a really cool and motivating story, I think, even, even though there is, you know, there's grief there. But we all experience things like that. So it's really um, nice that you're able to share that with people. Now, coming back to boxing, because I think this is one thing, like you said, um, a lot of people, I, this is what I've noticed, is that a lot of people actually that I've spoken to who do come to boxing were going through or have been going through something outside of the gym that actually brings them to boxing. It's it's really yeah. fascinating. Even for me, when I when I started boxing, I was going through like a relationship breakup and that it really helped me get through that. But I'm curious to know, just in terms of your boxing, what is it about the sport that gave you that? I mean, obviously the physicality of it, what did it give you exactly that specifically, what did boxing give you specifically to, to help you through those challenges? Um, I think boxing gave me a route out and boxing was kind of like a safe space um, to just really be able to express myself. You know, I think growing up, I always had um, difficulty in expressing myself or I would try to express myself and people wouldn't quite understand me. And I felt like when I was able to, you know, get get in the ring or get on that boxing bag, um, I was just able to just really just be free. And really work into each and every movement. So yeah, boxing really, yeah, it just it just really just gave me an opportunity to channel my energy and channel my anger and give me a safe space to put my anger. Because as if it wasn't for boxing, I would have been putting that anger into, you know, being on the streets, you know, being involved in um some pretty rough situations. So boxing just kind of gave me that thing that kind of place to say, you know what, let's get off the streets, let's get away from these bad influences and let's just put it into this boxing gym. Mm, yeah, that's so cool. And it's nice because it's sort of you're in an environment where 
like you said, it is a safe space and you're able to, I guess, yeah, channel channel that energy into something that you Mm. love to do. Now, what's also super Mm. exciting is that you've just announced that you're about to step in the ring for your pro debut, which is super exciting. So this is going to be so exciting. exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) 2nd of April, wildfire card. Um, So... I'm curious to know what your prep will look like and your your training and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, do you know what? It's going to be exciting because it's actually been about four years since my last fight. Off the top of my head, it's been about four years. Wow. And I think what it's going to really do is it's going to push me um, as a person mentally and physically and what my training will look like. I think what that looks like for me practically is everything that I've kind of been asking of my clients, you know, um, at all the different places that I teach, I'm actually going to be putting that same expectation on myself. So I've committed to um, my professional debut now. So those same, I'm going to be expecting myself to show up. I'm expecting myself when times get hard to keep pushing through. And also there's an element of accepting that I've got to be coachable. Do you know what I mean? I've got to be open to feedback. I've got to be open to um, self-growth, you know, inner development, understanding myself on a deeper level. So um, there'll be a lot of training. So I'm quite lucky to actually have a coach that um, that is able to work with me during off-peak hours, which is really good. So that'll be good. Um, in terms of nutrition and food, I'm actually lucky that I'm kind of on weight right now, but I'm generally... Okay, I don't know. Sometimes I like a cheeky KFC, but I'm generally okay (laughs) in terms of my diet. So um, I envision that will go pretty well. And I'm just, you know what? I'm actually just looking forward to having a lot of fun. Yeah, putting on a good show, entertaining the crowd, um, seeing all my, you know, my my nearest and dearest coming to support me. I'm really just kind of looking forward to, yeah, just having fun on the night. Yeah, awesome. It sounds so good. Now you just brought up there being coachable. I really liked what you just said there, focusing on this inner growth and, and going deeper, understanding yourself better, but also being coachable. I think, I don't know about you, but as a coach, I, I do feel there's a, a, an expectation, right? That you have to be, I don't know, fit at a certain level. That's what I, that, that's just me personally. But yeah. this idea of being coachable, I feel like sometimes can be hard, right? When we are at a a level of fitness that we have to kind of bring it back to almost like the basics again or foundations again, right? So I'm curious to know how you do that because obviously, you know, you've done fights before. It's almost like coming back to that beginner perspective in a sense, right? How do you do that? Because I know there are people probably listening that – look at gyms, look at different kind of workouts and go, "Mm, that looks really intimidating or um, I don't think I'll be any good at that and feel like the newbie in the class or feel too scared to kind of try something new and be open to failing almost, right? Because when you're learning, you make mistakes and that's just kind of the learning process. 100%. So I'm curious to know what your take is on being coachable and opening yourself up to being in that space again you know yeah so first of all I feel like we we're in a society where perfection is kind of like the standard that everyone aims for right you know when we then when they go to the gym everyone always expects to have the best workout ever or they always expect to you know have the most you know have the best workout in general and I think it's actually about taking that expectation of, of yourself 
And even with me and this fight, I've had um, 26 amateur fights now. And I'm actually going into this camp as a newbie. I'm going into this camp as if I've never boxed before. And I'm really just slowing down. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm slowing down and I'm just listening to everything my coach has to say to me and just being really humble with feedback. Um, Some days are great and some days are bad. But at the end of the day, I reflect and I say, do you know what? I want to develop as a person and a part of developing as a person is not, is not holding myself up to this certain standard, not, you know, expecting myself to be perfect, not thinking that, you know, I'm the best person in the world because I can't. All right. And the thing about being coachable as well is that there's always something to learn from someone. Mm. Even if you don't necessarily agree with what they're saying, there's always something that you can learn. So, when I say be coachable, being coachable really means to me is actually being able to open up your ears and listen to the people around you mm. and take away those expectations, take away those layers of, you know, I've got to be at this certain level, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I feel like, I mean, I put pressure on myself like that too. And I, and I yeah. feel like it's something that you constantly have to work at. Something we're constantly wrestling yeah, with. Yeah. yeah, wrestling with and just being open to learning new things and also, like you said, being humble and just knowing that you can learn different things from different people, even if you don't agree with their approach necessarily. There's something to take away from everyone, right? So this is this is very exciting. Um, but kind of going on from this, I'm I'm kind of interested to know because obviously movement and fitness has been a big part of your life. I'm interested to know what the biggest lesson you have learned about yourself from going through your fitness journey so far. Mm, interesting. The biggest lesson I've learned about myself. I think for me, um, you know, I kind of will go, I kind of will t- really touch back on that being coachable point. Um, for me, my biggest thing is I actually hate disappointing people. Mm. Like I kind of, I'm kind of a person, like I wear my heart on my sleeve, um, I love everything about fitness. And um, yeah, my biggest kind of thing I would have to say is that, yeah, I, I don't like disappointing people. So the biggest expectation of myself I've always put in is that I've had to kind of, yeah, I don't know, it's hard because it's kind of contradicted what I just said. But my, my biggest lesson is that not to give too much to too many people because you might not be able to keep up certain expectations. You do know what I mean? So it's always been able to do what you can handle. Yeah. I mean, don't, um, especially, you know, for those people who are starting out in the fitness industry as well, it's like, learn what you can handle, learn, uh, manage your expectations, manage, learn how to manage your time, learn how to manage um, who and where you give your energy to. Mm, yeah. That's one that I constantly struggle with actually is energy mm, expenditure. Even, even me too. Yeah. 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 And, and especially as coaches, I think we feel like we, I think the, the, initial instance is to say yes and definitely when you start I think coaching you want to say yes to everyone and everything and then you quickly learn very quickly (laughs) coming back to the pressure but not in the same sense I think this is another big one because a lot of us do a lot of our work online and particularly through social media I think Mm. you know what what would you say to people who kind of maybe are putting pressure on themselves to I guess, perform at this, like almost, like you said before, this kind of perfect 
um, way of training. You know, it's so easy to see things on social media and feel like, oh, I need to be like that person. I need to train like that person. Um, people who are listening, who don't, who aren't in the fitness space, who don't work in, in this industry as a profession, what would you want them to know uh, about this kind of thing that maybe isn't shown on social media? Mm, I think, you know, social media creates, definitely creates a lot of insecurities, right? You know, I think when we look at social media, we see our, you know, our favorite Instagram accounts who are posting the 15 second best workout video, or we see our favorite Instagram accounts posting about, you know, the perfect life to live. But what we don't see is that, you know, behind the scenes, that Instagram account might also be suffering with anxiety, depression, stress, work overload, um, so many different stress factors going on in their life. And, you know, what you see on Instagram is really a very, very small snapshot into how people actually live their life. Mm. So I guess my advice to people who are out there and they are aspiring to be of this certain standard is to actually, we need to learn to let that go. And focus on being more authentically yourself. So just be you and focus on, okay, cool. Today, today, this is what um, I've achieved. This is where I want to head to. Have I achieved that today? Yes, if so, great. If you didn't achieve it today, you've also got tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? So really just try to take away. Yeah, I, the social media thing gets me because there's a lot of people, there's a lot, of, especially now, um, we're in 2022 now, um, you know, social media is just, booming this year with so much content on there it's so easy to get trapped into that vortex of you know perfection and it's like we don't actually see for a start how long did it take that um that content creator to actually create that reel <laughs> yeah. I mean how many takes it takes they, a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've been there before I've, it's taken me an hour just to do that, just to do that before so it actually takes a lot you know to um to go into it and also I guess for me, when I post the message that I'm trying to put out there is not about looking a certain way or being a certain way. Do you know what I mean? It's really about doing what works for you. And that's what a lot of my kick workouts are about. You know, for me, if you do any of my online workouts with Keep It Clean or if you come to any of my in-studio classes, it's really not about performing or being the best in that class. If you can get through the class, great. If you can't get through the class and you just need to take it a little bit slower, that's totally okay too. Yeah, I think that's really important to note. And I think we're all, you know, social media is so huge and I'm the same as you. I have a massive love-hate relationship with it that I try mm. to stay off it as much as I can. But, you know, it is part of our business these days is how we run our businesses as well. So it's, it's that fine line um, between, you know, kind of consuming what's necessary and what's not. Now, one of the things you also have spoken about is how much movement has been I guess, like therapy for you, for your mental health, you know, and, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot over the last two years with COVID, everything's our whole, everybody's gone through a lot. So I'm curious to know if you've noticed anything across the board with clients and members, have you noticed, what have you noticed is the difference between pre-COVID and post-COVID? Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's like an interesting one. And I guess some of this is personal experience because I guess for me, um, pre-COVID, I was someone who was doing, you know, exceptionally well in my field. Uh, I had a lot of 
um, things lined up to travel the world, to work for different studios across, you know, literally the world. Um, I, I had a lot of things going on and all of a sudden within about four weeks, like came to a stop. Um, and in terms of movement, I was someone who was training, you know, at least three times a week, um, at an absolute minimum. And as soon as lockdown happened, even though I did have access to my own, you know, fitness equipment, I just stopped, mm. you know, there would be days that I would literally, I would, I, I, there was one, there was one period where I watched all eight seasons of Prison Break. Oh so God. I'm not sure if that kind of, um, gives you an image, a bit of imagery to where I was. So it was really hard. I was, I was in the trenches, you know, as I'd say. And I stopped moving. I lost a lot of my fitness. I put on a lot of weight. And I also noticed that there was a lot of people around me who were experienced similar, all the same things, you know. And that was, it was really sad. It was a really tough and emotional, I guess, point in my life. And, you know, we kind of had to wrestle through, you know, I can't remember how many lockdowns we went through. We went down for a lot of them. Too many. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started. Um, but we had to wrestle through a lot of lockdowns um, together as a society. And coming out of that, I guess we kind of came out with the same expectations that we were putting on ourselves pre-COVID. Mm. So I had a lot of people who were doing PT sessions with me in the park or a lot of people who were coming back to my studio, studio classes for the first time. And they were saying, I'm just so disappointed because I'm not where I was pre-COVID or a lot of people saying to me, Leo, unfortunately I've contracted COVID, you know, X amount of weeks ago, or X amount of months ago, and I'm just not where I was. And I'm so upset and I'm so, you know, I'm so unhappy about it. And I just have to say, do you know what? We've, we've been through a pandemic, mm. a global pandemic. You know, what we've been through is a once, if, I, if my stats are correct, we you only go for that once every hundred years. On, on average, um, we've been through a lot. Our body and our mind has been for a lot of trauma. So what I kind of saw was a lot of people coming out that not realizing that we'd been through trauma mm. and it kind of just expected to bounce back. And, you know, for me, it was just kind of nurturing everyone and explaining to people in kind of like a graceful and kind way that, you know, hey, we've just been through something here. Of course, you're not going to be exactly, you know, where you were 12 months ago, six months ago, you know, however many months ago it was, you, you're not going to be there. And we're going to slowly have to rebuild those bricks, mm. you know, so a part of a lot of the journey and even now to today, because, you know, the, the, the virus is still so wildly infectious that it's still traveling around our community. A lot of people are coming back just post having COVID. And it's a lot of, I guess, you know, my time is spent off is sitting down with um, people around and saying, actually, We've just been through something quite traumatic. You've just been through something quite traumatic on your own body. Take your time. Slowly start to, you know, build the foundations again. Start to lay those bricks and get back into it. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with that. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, I've noticed that too. And and like you said, it might not be conscious in people's minds. Obviously, people know that we've gone through a global pandemic, but the trauma that is that is held in your body is something that you might not be conscious of and and also emotionally and mentally as well. We've gone through basically the ringer in all of those areas, mental, physical, emotional, and and I like that just approach of easing into it, really listen to your body and 
just kind of accept where you're at. You know, we've all been through something really difficult. So that's really, really cool to hear. So I know that probably the things that people are struggling with a little bit may be motivation and discipline because like you were saying, pre-COVID, maybe they had a routine going and now, you know, things have changed. We've gone through two years of in and out of lockdown. So I am curious to know what your biggest tips would be for people who are struggling to firstly find the motivation to work out and then secondly, cultivating this sense of discipline to maintain a routine over a longer period of time? So I think, you know, for me, I think the best sort of motivation for me is accountability. So accountability and goal setting. But at the same time, having someone to keep you accountable. So for me, it's just like, you know, if I'm going to do something, or if I'm going back to the gym or if I'm, yeah, actually, I'll just use the gym, for example. I'll, I'll, I'm going to actually say to, you know, my wife, for example, hey, um, babe, I'm going to the gym today. So she knows I'm making that journey. So she's going to ask me how it went afterwards. Mm. So it's kind of given me something to look forward to. So I kind of use people around me to kind of keep me accountable. Because sometimes if I just get up and I'm like, I don't, I haven't really told everyone I'm going to the gym today. I'm, I'm, I, I've, it then gives me the option to not go. Yes. But I've, you know, I've woken up, I've put in my diary, I'm going to achieve this. Um, for me as well, it's goal setting. So especially for those people who are coming out of COVID or, you know, the, the people who are coming out of now that we've come out of lockdowns now and the borders are starting to open and things are more freely, is setting yourself a goal. So, you know, and it it can be whatever goal that you want, but just know that there's no pressure to 100% achieve it. So for you, you know, so for people out there, it might be, hey, I want to run 5Ks comfortably. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be a certain pace. You don't have to be able to do it in a certain time. I'd say, I want to complete 5Ks comfortably, comfortably um, in the next two months. So by setting those goals, it might just be like, you know, okay, cool. Every other day or every other week, I'm going to go for a light run. I'm going to slowly build up my confidence. And the reason why I'm building up my confidence is because I've got something to aim for. So I always feel like, yeah, giving yourself a good goal to aim for is really something to, yeah, to utilize. Yeah, 100%. And I would add to Friends that. Friends and accountability. Yeah, yeah. Accountability is great. And I think, you know, because you've got less of an option to opt out of your workout if you know either you're seeing a coach or you're telling someone that you're going to. Um, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> like maybe I'll just skip the workout today. <laughs> yeah, especially when it came to those at-home workouts as well. Yeah. They're the ones that you did on the – yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, now I'm really into the at-home workouts because I'm loving everything. Um, kick, but there was a while there would – It'd be on my screen. I was like, you know, I don't like doing this today, which is totally fine, which is totally fine. Do you know what I mean? But there'll be times I say, um, you know, to my wife is about to say, hey, I'm actually going to do this workout today. And she, and I know that she'd ask me about it later. So even if I just, you know, slogged through it, I'd make sure that I'd at least tick it off. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a really great tip to to get yourself to to get into that workout. Now, I know we touched on this earlier with your boxing prep, but uh, but I know a lot of people like to know what trainers do in terms of their own health and fitness routine. So I'm really interested to know what you normally do for training now, and what kind of workouts do you do, um, and how many times a week do you do you train? Yeah, so there's actually, so for me at the moment, I'm training roughly about three, or now that I've stepped up boxing, I'm training about five times a week Mm -hmm. um, because the sport that I'm going into demands that I train hard. Um, 
yeah, otherwise there's consequences. Um, but in terms, I guess, you know, to, prior to that, I was essentially training roughly about three times a week. And in terms of that, I do like to mix it up with different studios because I'm kind of someone who um, doesn't like to kind of go into your conventional commercial gym and just you know, pump iron for 45 minutes. I kind of like to be, um, I like the challenge of being in kind of like a class environment and being around people and seeing other people crushing goals as I'm crushing goals. So mm. um, I like, you know, working out at Barry's or, you know, this level training. I really like, you know, now that I'm working out strong too, I really like doing the classes there and just kind of like being around people. So yeah, for me, my routine, what that looks like is just getting to as many group classes as I can, as well as incorporating boxing. Yeah, nice. I like that. And do you follow a particular nutritional approach? Like not not in terms of your boxing prep, but just a typical day. Like what did, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So for me, outside of, you know, competing at a professional level, I'm actually someone who is, you know, not a lot of people know this, but I've struggled with my nutrition mm, for, really? you know, as long as, as long as I've breathed fresh air. um I've really yeah yeah not a lot of people would put that you know as I said um in during the lockdowns I probably had KFC three times a week you know um just because I was bored do you know what I mean but in terms of my nutrition now I've really been able to kind of like pull it back together I've I've had some of you know both self-development enlightenment so I've really sought to work on that and what that kind of looks like for me practically I try to get as much fluids on board as possible so I always try to drink water Um, as as many times as I possibly can throughout the day till I kind of, you know, feel hydrated. Um, And then from there, I'm kind of relaxed. I'm honestly really, really relaxed with my diet because there's such a bad diet culture, right, that everyone has to count calories. They have to watch what they eat. um, They have to do this. I like to eat a lot. So I might, you know, spend three days eating healthy. And then there's one day where I might have, you know, a really nice pizza that I enjoy, you know, for date night with my wife or, you know, a really nice takeaway. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of like what it, you know, I do a couple of days on, a couple of days off, a couple of days on, a couple of days off. But I always, always try to add movement in there because movement is the biggest factor for me. Yeah. Movement is what really kind of helps my mental health. Yeah, yeah. So I like that balance yeah. though. You have a few days where you do eat healthy, but then you get to indulge as well. I think it's really important for your mental health to to not be so restrictive if possible. Now, as we mentioned earlier, you've just joined the team over at the Keep It Cleaner app, which is very, very exciting. So Super exciting. Can you share a little bit about what your kick workouts are like and what people can expect from your sessions exactly? Yeah, so, um, you know, I didn't realize when I was recording my workouts for kick, how many times I used the word spicy. <laughs> so some, <laughs> something to describe uh, my workouts in the app. I'm going to go with the word spicy, but also uh, <laughs> um, it's just because it's, it's on there a lot. I'm like, guys, this is spicy, this is spicy, this is spicy. <laughs> um, but also on there, honestly, so my workouts are all boot camp workouts. So that means you can do them from anywhere. You can do them at home. You can do them in the gym, there's no equipment needed. So you can literally rock up to a beach, do a quick 20-minute boot camp with Leo and and you're good to go for the rest of um, your day. But I think the main thing, when I was designing and kind of like curating these workouts, I wanted them to be open for anyone and everyone. So in terms of who can do the workouts or how can you do the workouts, they're designed 
for anyone and everyone. There's a lot of modifications in there. Um, for people who want a little bit more and they want to take it to the next level, I've included a lot of progressions. But I guess my workouts aren't designed to, even though they are hard and they are challenging, my workouts aren't designed, you know, for know you know at the end for for it to be kind of for the elite athlete but for the everyday person who needs that endorphin release who needs that stress release and who wants to kind of push themselves a little bit further and I kind of want people to feel yeah like when they're doing my workouts yeah they're challenged I've got you know a few different AMRAPs a few EMOMs and it's like in those workouts if you complete them great if you don't you've always got the opportunity to kind of like rewind and, you know, try them again mm. at a different point. Yeah, that's really good. And it kind of ties in with what we were saying before about being post-COVID, post-lockdown and just kind of listening yeah. to your body and taking it up if you want to go there. But if it, you're not feeling it in your body that particular day, take the modifications if you need. I think that's a big point too, is to give yourself permission to take any modifications if you need to. I think that sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to have to, again, like you said, do it all perfect, but we don't have to, you know, which is, yeah. which is really good. No. Um, so one thing that I ask all my guests is what has been your biggest or most notable or memorable failure or rejection and what have you learned from it? I've actually had a few, a few big setbacks, I guess, um, in terms of rejections and stuff like that. And one of them actually was – and I think I might probably dig into this um, a little bit deeper, but I worked, I, I won't name the studio, but I worked at, um, but I auditioned for this studio back in London and I was still quite young at the time, um, you know, and I personally thought I, you know, tried really hard in that audition. And they just said to me, you know, you're not good enough. Maybe fitness isn't for you at the time. Like that was their oh feedback on my audition, you know, and um, it was quite a, it was quite a, a well-known gym, and that's what they said to me. And I remember leaving the studio, walking down, going up the elevator, walking down the stairs, and almost kind of like being in tears. Um, you know, as I was walking home, and I was, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, okay, maybe this isn't for me. And I've, you know, I, no one would, no one would ever know or recognize that now, right? But at the time, I thought, you know shall I give up on what my passion is and what my dream is because of what someone said? And I said, do you know what? In every feedback or in everything someone has to tell you, you there's always good and bad to take it away from it. And I just really used that opportunity to kind of develop myself and push myself a bit further in my career. And, you know, I was very fortunate to now still be doing my career, still be um, reaching you know lives and changing lives and inspiring other people yeah I think yeah I guess I guess I guess you know the thing I learned from it is that in life there will always be setbacks there will always be things don't always go to plan but I think what you've always got to remember is that within each instance that things don't always go to plan you can remember what your values are mm. you know who you are as a person what identifies you your job doesn't identify you you know, your career doesn't identify you. You know, the people around you don't identify you. What identifies you is what's in here, which is your heart, mm. you know, your values, your things, the core things that drive you, your beliefs, you know. And as long as you kind of stick with that through in each and every setback that you go through, you'll always find sort of like a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I really love that. It's so, it's so mm. nice to have that knowledge that 
what is inside you is is more important than things that may not turn out the way that you expected in your mind. So I really, really love that lesson. Now, the the final question that I have for you is if you had an overarching life philosophy or a mantra that you try to live your life by, what would that be? Oh, okay. So I think when you said this question, I think I was kind of like, because it's very simple, you know, how do I try to live my life is that, I guess, always love. I think love is one of the most important things. And also sometimes, which can be quite sad, is one of the main things that we're missing in this world. Love the people around you um, and treat others how you would treat yourself. Mm. And understand that you don't have to be, you know, I, I've, I think I've said this about a kajillion times now, but you don't have to hold yourself up to a high expectation Mm. just first of all love yourself embrace yourself you know there's so much qualities um within you that are amazing and that you can share and you know help inspire others with um treat you know others how you would treat yourself Mm. and never ever hold yourself you know never ever put too much pressure on yourself to be um what society thinks that you should be yeah. That's my yeah mantra. <laughs> I really like that. I, I, I so love that. Now, this has been such an amazing chat. I feel like, you know, we, we kind of bumped into each other a few weeks ago and didn't really get to get into it. Yeah. But this has been so good because we've gotten to chat about all these amazing things. And I think people will get to know you a little bit better as well. So thank you so much for being on the show. No worries. It's, it's been so good just to be able to kind of like sit down, have a chat. And it's actually kind of been very therapeutic for me because it's actually as a, as I've been talking, I've just been having like a reflection moment as well. And just, you know, you know, even, you know, when I talked about my most notable moment of, you know, rejection and failure, like at the time, you know, yeah, it was hard. But now I'm reflecting on that is that I actually used that situation that I was in to really like I didn't, you know, there's a there's a saying that a lot of people um, say about your situation is is not as is not greater than your purpose. Your purpose is always greater mm. than the situation you know that you're in. And I think it just I just kind of twinged something in my mind there that you know yeah like I've actually was able to get through that. Yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. Oh, I'm so glad that you've enjoyed the chat as well. Now, where can people find more on you on socials and whatnot? Mm, so obviously you can find me on the Keep It Cleaner app. So my workouts are up on there. Um, I will be up. They they will be uploading more workouts to the Keep It Cleaner app as well. And in the new future. Apart from that, also I'm also working at Strong. So I'm the manager of Strong Richmond. So I'll be there full time. So you see my smiling face teaching um, row form at Pilates. I'll also be at Barry's United Ride and Tribute Boxing. So hopefully I'll see you um, in the boxing studio too. I know. So make sure you check it out, guys. There's plenty of different disciplines that you can uh, go to one of Leo's sessions. Yeah, there's a there's lot, a lot going, going on. Yeah, there's a lot going uh-huh. on. But we'll also drop yeah. uh, the links to Leo's Keep It Cleaner workouts in the show notes. And also we'll drop your um, your socials as well. If people want to follow you on Instagram, it's at Leo the PT, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So we'll drop that in as yeah. well. Um, so Thank you so much again, Leo, for being on the show and thank you guys for listening. Now, make sure you screenshot this episode and share it to your IG stories and also tell us what you loved and learnt from this episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll catch you next time on the Rach Active Podcast. <laughs>